0: Hey guys, this is Gail Kim from Impact Wrestling, and you are listening to the 8-Bit Suplex
1: Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the 8-Bit Suplex You heard her just there talking over my introduction, but here she is, as always, every week. Sandy Gavaria is here. Sandy, how are you?
0: Lord, hi! (laughs) Don't mind me. No, no, it's fine. Just
1: step all over my introduction. It's totally fine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's okay, but you know what, Sandy, how are you doing this week?
0: I'm good. I'm very excited. So much craziness happening in the world of wrestling, and I cannot wait to break it down with you and everyone that hears. Maybe they can share the same exact excitement that we have. Woo, I'm so excited.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's pretty... Uh, it was certainly a, a, not a good week for me to be playing hockey every night of the week, that's for sure. Uh, oh, because my- I, I, yeah. I got to watch everything a day late, but that's okay. Uh, because, you know, uh, my hockey games are all wins this week, so... Uh, I played uh, eight games in six days and we won all eight games so
0: That's uh, freaking awesome. Congrats.
1: yeah no thank you thank you so uh, but I don't want to waste any more time uh, before we were joined here uh, by a third party someone we've mentioned on the show quite a bit uh, but joining us for the first time is uh, Mr. Logan Logan how are you buddy I'm good how are you thank you guys for having me on Oh it's great to have you. You've uh, you've been a background character for the uh the the visual portion of this podcast many times uh but since this is an audio <laughs> format that doesn't come across very well uh except for <laughs> to Sandy and I. Um but yeah so uh, Logan uh, also is a uh wrestler in training uh over at the Lethal Academy with Sandy. Um
2: Oh wait hold. So hang on.
1: Well, 2 years bro Two years. Okay, so listen, I listen, I'm sorry, do you have a contract or
0: Oh, oh okay we are shooting time.
1: Uh, oh. <laughs> no, I kid, God. I kid. No, no, I kid, I kid, I kid. No, uh but yeah, no, Logan, uh tell us a little bit about yourself your your uh your wrestling career so far and, uh you know what twenty twenty has kind of looked like from uh a local independent wrestler perspective. Uh
2: you know what I we took a nice long break and I put on the quarantine 15 and it really sucked because it came <laughs> right as uh WrestleMania was coming into town. So I had, I think 13 or 14 bookings over the course of like five or six days that WrestleMania mm. week. And then everything just kind of went to hell. Am I allowed to cuss on this? Yeah. By the way. Okay. Yeah. Everything went to shit. And
1: yeah. we uh, mark every episode explicit. Don't worry.
2: Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, but then things kind of slowly but surely pick back up, and I've had surprisingly a lot more matches than I thought I would have in 2020, just, uh, you know, all over, mainly all over Florida. We just made our way out to Georgia, so that was fun. That was surreal. It's like they don't even, it's like COVID never even hit them, or at least they just refused to accept it. So. In Georgia? Yeah, in Georgia. They were like, fuck a mask. <laughs> yeah, so that was fun. But yeah, it's been great. It's been, yeah. How's it been uh, fighting Little League teams in hockey games?
1: Oh a. boy! Oh, beef. Ooh. Beef. Uh, it's been pretty good, except you know the twelve-year-olds really put up a good fight. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and listen, I uh, cool. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going to state it for the record. Uh, I could not skate around twelve-year-olds. Those kids are really fast.
0: Right? <laughs> small Those kids can move. And,
1: like, and they've actually <laughs> they've actually been playing hockey uh, their whole lives. And you know, I I took a break in the middle portion of my life from eight until you know twenty-five. So. Uh, I lost out on some training time there, but uh, without further ado, because we got a lot, like you know, Sandy mentioned, we got a lot of wrestling to get to, so we want to dive right in, and we're going to start Tuesday with Impact because uh, we had a pretty uh, loaded episode here. Uh, Logan, we like to ask all of our uh, our guests kind of what their experience is uh, with uh, you know TNA Impact and how much you watched before, how much you're watching now. Uh, that kind of I, I assume that you watch a good amount of it now, since you probably watch it with Sandy. Um, I do, but you know, what, before doing that, what was kind of your uh, your experience watching uh, TNA? Uh, so my I, I got into
2: wrestling the super mainstream way, where WWE was the only option. I didn't know anything about independent wrestling, so when my first and earliest experience of it was. TNA impact was the devil. Like that was, it was (laughs) right. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I remember watching it one or two times, but that was when Dixie Carter and Hogan were running it. So it was not my favorite thing in the world, but uh, you know, I, I was pleasantly surprised when Sandy started watching it again and I got back into it. I really, really like it. I like it as an alternative product and I really like uh, that they have a really good consistent work rate roster, but they don't take themselves too seriously. Like they have the sillier kind of segments, which I think is important because it's wrestling. Like it's <laughs> like, right. we don't have to take it so fucking seriously, you know, but I agree.
0: yeah, it's it's yeah. a
1: breath of fresh. Air. It's really nice. Yeah, no, I mean, it is a, you know, it's a bunch of adults rolling around in tights. So, you know, yeah. at, at the end of the day, so, um, we enjoy it. We enjoy the product as well. And I'm glad to hear you're enjoying, uh, you're your kind of uh, weekly duty there and watching alongside. Um, but this, uh, this card kicks off uh, with two, uh, two of my favorite tag teams currently on the Impact roster. Uh, we go right into the action with the Motor City Machine Guns taking on the team of uh, Larry D and, uh, of course, AC Romero, team Triple XL. Uh, although, uh, according to uh, social media, Larry D actually fits into an extra large shirt now. So, they may need oh. to scale back the name huh. of that tag team. They've both been losing a bunch of weight. Um, but listen, I this is the longest match I think I've seen Triple XL go. The match is about nine and a half minutes long. Uh, I thought it was excellent. Uh, but, Sandy, uh, I'll throw it to you for your notes first.
0: Dude, it was such a great match. You know, um, we, we, we've seen this kind of storyline. Um, starting with Chris Saban while Alex Shelley was out, you know, with Triple XL, And now we finally see the tag-on-tag match that we've kind of, it's been building up, not in a huge storyline type of way, but it's like, hey, these two are going to go out and we're going to get to see what they can do. And like we mentioned before, you know, there's always this attitude between like, you know, how big guys against little guys, how those matches should be. And it's always, you know, like a squash. And like they've seen, like we've seen with Chris Sabin, I think it was AC Romero that he went up against uh, mm-hmm. Go. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be. Both of both of them could look great. And this match was fantastic at showcasing, you know, the strength and the size of Triple XL. But also Chris Sabin and Alex Shelley, of course, they're they're vets. They're they're freaking amazing. They know how to work. And they looked amazing. They both just looked absolutely fantastic. Um Triple XL I just thought had an absolutely great showing and I loved it. And I love that they got the little extra time because I know I was thinking about that. Now that you mentioned it, I was like, Hey, I think this is the longest we've actually been able to see these, you know, triple XL go at it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I was just kind of like, I, I don't, I don't like to say I'm clock watching or anything when I'm watching a match, but you can kind of start to feel how long those matches are starting to go. Um, and I didn't feel like it was over long. I was just kind of like, we've been watching this for a while. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm okay with this. Uh, so, but yeah. yeah, Logan, what are your thoughts here?
2: Uh, Yeah, no, I thought it was really good, too. I mean, anytime the machine guns wrestle, I always get my notepad out. But uh, yeah, I hadn't really seen too much from Triple XL, only just like the, uh, you know, the short stints and the squash matches and stuff like that. So that was nice to be able to see them go. And I was really impressed with how good their timing was and uh, how cohesive they are as a team. I wasn't really too sure how that was going to play out, but I thought it was really, really good. Uh, You know, machine guns are always super impressive. They've always got I feel like they could have good matches with anyone and that's not a knock on triple XL but like but man, yeah, yeah. they
0: But you know what I get? I don't know what happens backstage. I'm not there, I'm not friends with these people, I don't know them, I'm just a, a fan of the show, you know, watching it for um for our podcast. But I feel like I don't know if this is just me, but I feel like Chris Sabin and Alex Shelley like really can appreciate the way these big guys work, and I feel like maybe there was some kind of backstage thing. where They're like, "Hey, we wanna we wanna work with you guys, and I know we can have a great match." It kind of felt like they had that chemistry of like, "We can see you guys can go with us. Let's do it. Let's show them what we can do."
2: Yeah, and and the other thing is, it's it's one thing to be able to work, uh, working face face because Triple X face is a face team, right? No,
1: they're they they kind of had a mild heel turn. It's it's kind of a yeah. tweener situation.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Well, uh, regardless, working a team with
2: two big guys is difficult because normally you have the smaller guy that you can isolate and, uh, you know, you have a couple of like go-to spots that you can do with the big guy. But when it's two small guys against two big guys, those can be kind of difficult to call. But I feel like they did manage to pull it off really, really well Mm -hmm. and it didn't come across as, you know, them – you didn't have to suspend disbelief any more than you normally would watching a wrestling match, you know? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, one awesome. spot in particular sticks out where uh, I believe Saban hit the drop-toe hold and Romero was able to stay on his feet. Yeah. And then Shelley came through with the, the bulldog. And I might have gotten Shelly and Saban uh, crossed in my yeah, mind. It was
0: Shelly that, that was cool. did the drop-toe hold. You know what's so funny? That's exactly what I what mm-hmm. we said. We we watched that and we're like, stolen. Yeah, <laughs> <that's> what, yeah. <laughs> well, he's good. He's But uh, I was like, oh, my God, that's that's I've never seen a bulldog come from, you know, doing a drop-toe hold, hit the ropes, and then do it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen that before.
1: Yeah, no, and it's you know it's showing that it doesn't matter the uh, the body type. I think you can innovate and still push, uh, you know, professional wrestling to you know better, bigger and better things. And and back to what you were saying, Sandy, about the machine guns. It seems that they've been that way with pretty much every tag team uh, that they've come across. That they kind of seem to be that, and I hate to use the cliche of locker room leader, right? Um, but they seem to be some, uh, it's just, you know, they've been around forever and especially been around TNA impact forever. So when they come across these teams, like I know they've, they've been working really hard, uh, training with the rascals and, and different things like that. So I think that's why you see the rascals who uh, unfortunately have left impact wrestling. Uh, well, at least, at least dozen wins have, we don't know where Trey Miguel is yet. Uh, but dozen wins, of course, obviously have uh, gone off to, uh, NXT, uh, which, you know, we'll see some good matches out of them there for sure. Um, but, you know, definitely uh, Shelly and Saban, uh, you know, hats off to them for for continuing to crank out good match after good match. Um, but, yeah, I, I really liked it. Great effort around.
0: A great opening match.
1: It really set the tone for the whole night. Um, and then uh, we get a little bit of a, a parking lot uh, shot coming out right out of that. Where Sammy Callahan and Ken Shamrock are walking into the building to be greeted by Scott Demore and the team of uh, you know local uh, local independent wrestlers dressed as security, and uh, <laughs> they've, they they inform Ken Shamrock uh, that he is in fact suspended thirty days for uh, giving that uh, potato to D'Lo Brown last week. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was interesting to see. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure why they need to keep Ken Shamrock off of TV for a month. I think you could probably just leave him off for a month and no one would ask why. Um, no. But, but, <laughs> but, camera, but I don't want to work this month. And they were like, all right. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I feel like you could probably just let that happen. Um, but, yeah, it, it's interesting, too. Sammy seems to, to have another plan, of course, up his sleeve for uh, Ken being gone for 30 days. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Um, but that's immediately followed up with uh, my best friend, Tommy Dreamer, um, mm-hmm. who has now switched jobs once again and is now oh. the, I guess, the, the, the wrestling police officer.
0: <laughs> Dude, I love it.
1: The more I watch, the more
2: I feel like Tommy Dreamer just kind of shows up and tells the producers, hey, this is what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> and they're all just kind of like, I guess so. This <laughs>
0: Tonight, I feel like playing a police officer. <laughs>
1: like, How just can let we Tommy do this? Dreamer do what Tommy Dreamer wants to do. <laughs> at the, I, and you know at this point, Tommy's just continuing to put not he's not really putting himself over obviously he's getting booked but he's definitely putting over everyone else on the roster as much as he can by making himself look as goofy as possible. Um, and we all know like the Tommy Dreamer is you know pretty legendary for his backstage stuff uh you know finding talent you know putting talent over and, and always being that guy and and he continues to find new ways to do that um without having to get on an airplane because it's, it's been reported that he cannot actually sit and coach anymore because his, his body will seize uh, <laughs> being that <laughs> kind of constrained. Um, but yeah, no, uh, interesting segment, though, for Tommy. And of course, he gets uh, uh, beat up by uh, Larry D. Um, so we'll see kind of uh, where that goes next. But Sandy, uh, why don't you uh, take us through here on the knockouts tag team tournament match that we got here?
0: Dude, I was so excited. So we have Renee, Michelle, and Killer Kelly come out. Um, they're Of course, they're working as a tag team. Last week, we got to see not very much from Killer Kelly, unfortunately. Like we discussed, we wanted to see more of what she can do. And uh, this match, we definitely got to see that. But we have them against uh, Jordan Grays and Jazz. Jazz looks amazing. She looks so bad. She looks, I mean, by bad, I mean badass. <laughs> and um, right from the start, we have Jordan and Kelly. They have a great exchange, just chain wrestling, lots mm-hmm. of quick pins, lots of escapes. You know, they do that the whole standoff after, after they kind of go wide in. It's like, all right, all right, kind of testing each other out. That looked so good. I, I want Jordan and Killer Kelly one-on-one on a long match somewhere down the line because the, them two together from the start, I was super impressed. Of course, we all know Jordan can go at it. Killer Kelly is great, but those two together, holy shit, I want more. Um this yeah. match though I thought was absolutely phenomenal. Um at the end we do see Jazz getting the pin over Renee, and they advance um to the next round. Um Jazz still got it. She she looked she looked tough and she looked bad in there. Um she didn't do too much. I think she took like a bump, maybe two. I don't blame I don't blame her.
1: <laughs> yeah. She's earned it.
0: Yeah, of course, and you know it was a great showing from both teams. Um, I've never seen Renee Michelle um, wrestle before, but she—I thought she did great in there. She has a great sexy look, and I thought you know she was just gonna go in there to to sell, but you know what? She she can go too. I thought yeah. man, this was a great showing from both of them, and I'm glad they got to go. I'm not sure. Do you have the time on this match? I think they they went. They
1: Literally, went eight minutes, eight minutes fifty-three seconds. So they went just a little oh. bit less than the tag, the other tag match. So they it went a felt- while. A bad way. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, Jordan and Jazz are definitely the, the Haas team, so to speak. They definitely are, are out there just to, to just be a bruiser. Right. Um, I, I like Killer Kelly a lot. I felt like the match was better when she was in it. Um, but it, I kind of always felt like that Renee Michelle was going to be eating the pin no matter what. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, Renee Michelle, she's, she's been around. Uh, you know, Cage Match has her first match uh, back in 2014. So, oh. you know, she's been around. She's done a lot of stuff uh, kind of in the indies. She spent some time in Japan. So I think she's definitely got uh, some more to come, uh, so yeah. to speak, for, out of her. Um, and then I think yeah. she was also in the May Young Classic.
0: Oh yeah, she was in the very first um, one.
1: The first one, and she lost yep. to, of course, Candice LeRae. Um, but and she is also the uh, real life spouse of Drake Maverick. Uh,
0: and it's just in Tampa. She wrestled in the Diamond Cup at GCW this past uh, yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. God, what yeah. my sense of time. Dude, you, yeah. <laughs> this past month, and it's like yesterday.
1: This this whole year is kind of screwy. You could have told me it happened two weeks ago, I would have believed you. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, a really good match. Uh, everything, you know, Jazz does looked great. Um, everything that Jordan did looked great. Everything that Kelly did look great. Uh, and you know, Renee they had some pretty cool stuff too. Um, but she definitely was uh, fourth out of four, uh, in that match, but that's not a knock. I mean, she was in there with, with four really, or three other really, really talented women. And of course, uh, Jazz and, uh, Jordan Grace, uh, get the win. And they'll advance on to face uh, against what is uh, really another Haas uh, kind of tag team in Havoc and Nevaeh. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I, I kind of feel like uh, they didn't pull Jazz out for just one more match. So I have, kind of have a feeling they'll be going on to the finals. But uh, we'll see kind of there. Uh, I want to get your thoughts real quick, Logan, uh, if, if you have anything to add here uh, that Sandy and I haven't already touched on for this tag match.
2: Uh, no, yeah, no, Jazz scares the shit out of me. Uh, she's <laughs> a terrifying woman, but in the best way possible. Uh, I think the only other thing was when, uh, Killer Kelly caught two of Jordan Grace's punches. And I thought in my head, if Jordan Grace wants to punch you, Jordan Grace is going to punch you. That's <laughs> the only thing that I thought was a little weird, but other oh, than that. Oh, because of Oh, well, yeah. not only that, but she just looks like she could kick the shit out of you. Like, both, like,
0: both, that <laughs> right. team, Both of them, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Like, if they caught me down a dark alley i'm running
0: like <laughs> god i just love killer killer kelly looks like a freaking killer oh, yeah, with the, I with lo- the
2: black yes. yeah
1: yeah
0: yeah. i love her
1: she looks very much like someone that could they could sign tomorrow and immediately put into the title picture um yeah. and i'll be honest i think they probably kind of should um mm. because just just because you know obviously they're still trying to you know pull that you know it feels like the women's division, the knockouts division, singles title at least, has kind of gotten a little stagnant uh, since Kylie Ray is not in that picture. Um, so they definitely could use an injection of of uh, a fresh storyline element there. And, and why not throw Keller Kelly out there? I'm not mm-hmm. saying put the title on her, but I'm saying she could definitely mix it up in there with Deanna Purrazzo pretty good. Um, oh, that would be a match that I would absolutely love to see. Um, I do want to just point out the flashback moment of the week, which kind of feels like foreshadowing, uh, now because the flashback moment of the week is the mostly machine guns versus generation me, who of course we now know today as the young bucks. Uh, we'll get to why that is foreshadowing later. Um, but I thought this was an excellent clip and I, I don't know about you guys, but anytime somebody builds contraptions out of unfolded t- or unfolded put out mm-hmm. tables and chairs and ladders. And uh, that just makes me absolutely, absolutely nervous. Um, even, even as the clip shows, uh, Chris Saban pulling the, the, the belts down, he almost falls off the contraption, <laughs> um, that which
0: a little <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I believe uh edge and, edge and Christian and the Dudleys and the Hardys had a similar contraption in one of their TLC matches. Yeah. Um, and I just, this, I, I, I get the thrill factor. I get the, why it's exciting. Uh, but it's just like, it's just not hurt yourselves not taking a planned bump, all right?
0: <laughs> you know? Logan would 100% be on any one of those things oh, any absolutely. day of the yeah, night. I'd... So he does not share that same sentiment. He I, I, know, no, like, I thought oh, it was awesome. It. Yeah,
1: I would. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a really cool spot. And then, of course, uh, I don't, whichever Jackson it was that, that fell off the platform through the table, I mean, that takes a hell of a lot of guts to just throw yourself off essentially uh to your to your demise through a table down you know i don't know how how do you think that that contraption was probably 10 feet i think it's probably around 10 feet or so so uh, oh, and yeah. so it, yeah it, it, at least 10 if not 15 feet up in the air depending on how you know depending on how high those ladders were um but anyways i thought yeah looking back like i said on that flashback moment now Uh, It's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but I didn't think of anything of it because they they throw out, you know, AJ Styles in those moments or Kurt Angle or, you know, whoever is, you know, come and gone uh, from TNA Impact. So, uh, but definitely a a cool flashback moment there. We get uh, a a long Ethan Page promo uh, following that up. Sandy is a noted uh, fan of All Ego Ethan Page. Uh, okay. Logan, I'm going to, I'm going to go to you for this cause I know what Sandy's thoughts are on this promo, but what, what are your thoughts here on, uh, Ethan page and his promo uh, about, uh, the, uh, good brothers. Oh, I'm,
2: I'm a slut for a good promo. And that was, <laughs> I, I thought it was a great promo. He's a really, really good talker. He, um, yeah, no, I, 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 I really liked, uh, him kind of losing his shit while his partner was in the background. Like what the hell is going on? I really like that vibe. Um, I didn't get to see the previous week's impacts, but...
0: The one where he got beat up by Swoggle?
2: No, I didn't get to see that. Oh. <laughs> but the thing is, though, the, from that promo, it gave me all of the information that I needed to know, so that was good. Uh, but the yeah. way he delivers and the energy that he has, I think is just phenomenal. No pun intended. Uh, He's I a think- great actor. Yeah, it's my, my older brother, Ethan Page.
0: Yeah, he actually cuts promos very much like Logan. Logan gets really intense, and it's like, oh, my God. And they kind of look alike, too. Maybe that's why I love our Ethan Page so much. Our mustaches don't
1: connect to our beards. Yeah, you know, Mine doesn't either. Guy. Yeah, I don't know why that does that. <laughs> Everything else on my Facebook grows in pretty good, uh, but not that mustache connection. I don't know what that is. Very strange.
2: <laughs>
1: but, yeah, no, I thought it was really good. And uh, the the match with Carl Anderson, I bet, is going to be phenomenal. Uh yes. yeah, at, uh, at our next, uh, uh, final resolution, I believe is what it's called. Um, yeah. That's you know, and that card of course is shaping up. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get into maybe early looks at that card, but it, it's, we are so far out from it and there's so much that has happened since this week's impact, um, that I don't know what that card is going to be or who is going to be on it and from what company, um, so, so we'll get over, we'll get through that we'll get through oh, that.
0: So cool think about oh my god
1: we'll get to that in the episode we're getting we ahead of ourselves. We are we are a little bit we are I, I'm gonna sc- we're gonna scream through these next couple of things because nothing I think of importance happened. Um, we see uh, Alicia Edwards of course the wife of Eddie Edwards jump Sammy backstage, um, which we see her do these types of things but never with Eddie in the same shot. I don't know why that happens that way. But even when she tried to, uh, you know, confront Eric Young back during that program, Eddie was not in the picture. He was out. He wasn't there. So anytime that Alicia comes through to defend Eddie's honor, it seems uh, seems that he's just not there. I don't really know why. He's not out injured or anything. So there's no kayfabe reason either to uh, not have him be the one trying to pull her off. But, you know, and that's just, oh, I guess... I
0: would be injured from that, you know, from that, that to the face that they said he wasn't there. I remember the commentary and saying, Did they hey, Eddie, okay,
1: maybe okay. I missed that.
0: So he wasn't there for that. And then she got all, all crazy. And I could see the I could see why they wouldn't have her and her husband together for these things. Like, okay, we have, we acknowledge that they're married. We acknowledge that, you know, they're a couple, they have kids, this and that. But I could understand them not putting her with Eddie all the time as to not be like, oh, this is just Eddie's wife. You know, she has her own character, right. her, own no, that's a good point. her own character, but, you know, since they have acknowledged that they're a married couple, why wouldn't she go and attack Sammy for what he did to her husband? So I can, I can, I can understand yeah. that.
2: Well, yeah, but, it's, but if you're putting her in a situation where she's reacting to something that happened to Eddie, then... Like, I get keeping them apart most of the time, but if you're going to directly involve her in a feud involving Eddie Edwards, then why not, you know?
0: Yeah, Yeah. but I mean, it's not, I don't think it's necessarily putting her in a feud. I think it's just her being like, shit, my husband got attacked by this asshole. Let me, I want to get my frustrations out. Yeah,
2: but they wouldn't film that for nothing. It's got to be leading to something else.
0: Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see.
1: We'll see. (laughs) I feel like we're going to get another Eddie Edwards, Sammy Callahan match. I mean, that just seems to be the most likely scenario. Um, but I want to get on to this next match because this, I mean, this one, oof, this was a real barn burner before it gets interrupted. Of course it is Johnny Swinger versus Cody Deaner. Um, <laughs> this is a, a feud that they keep on trying to end and it just doesn't ever end because it keeps getting interrupted because of course Johnny Swinger picked up the win with the loaded fanny pack over Cody Deaner a few weeks ago and Cody <laughs> Diener has been trying to get him back ever since. Uh, that's a sentence I just said about professional wrestling. And, uh, <laughs> every time, every time they've tried to run it back, it's been now, uh, interrupted by Eric Young and Joe Doring, Um, and they keep on cutting the same promo. So, same freaking um, promo. as much as I liked the promo work that, uh, Eric Young was doing leading up to taking the turn, the championship and also the promo work he was doing while he held the championship, uh, he feels like he's kind of just creatively, uh, stagnant. Uh, right now but as far as he just keeps on saying the world is ours not yours so I I, I, I want to see where this is going I'm going to give them as much time as they need to get there um, but yeah I mean I, I think you know we're going to see uh, Cody Deaner try and wrestle Eric Young I don't think that's going to go very well um, but uh, any thoughts here Sandy on, on kind of what's brewing to be a eric young cody Deaner feud with possibly something happening with joe Doring later on
0: you know what so i was totally uninterested in this because of the the same promo the same thing happening week after week it's like okay so if this is going to happen throw something new in there right and finally we did get that afterwards when we see um you know the deaner is upset about the whole EY situation, especially like you mentioned Cody saying that you know this is personal. Like uh, he's saying how uh, Eric Young and and he were were uh, wrestling and training at the same time. They would ride together to shows. They would ride together to training. How they were friends, and then now it's like he doesn't even exist at all. He's just complete garbage in EY's eyes, and that to me brought that peak of interest that I was looking for in these attacks by Eric Young. I can see them. I actually could see them have a great, a great little feud. I'm not sure what Joe Dory will have to do and all of this, but uh, for for Cody Deaner, I think it would be fantastic to to get outside of that whole Wrestle House Goofy thing and have a legitimate feud with someone like Eric Young, who was a previous world champion. And I think that's a great opportunity for him. And then maybe they can start doing the whole tag thing with Joe Dory and EY tag. Then you can put both of the Dieners together and kind of get them um, that time. As a tag team and that expose with a big serious feud outside of Wrestle House to really show what they can do. And I feel like this is a great opportunity for them. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad they brought the whole Diener thing in here. And it makes sense. And you know what? His promo backstage was so passionate. There was so much emotion behind it. I don't know if true or completely made up, but it doesn't matter because he nailed that delivery of that promo to try to make us show that. This is serious. He cares about it, and it's, he's trying to make sure that we care about it too, and that we're interested in it too. And I am now 100% on board if this is the direction they go.
1: Mm. Yeah, Logan, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I thought it
2: was really, really uh, I mean, honestly, five stars in the uh, in the Tokyo Dome. Johnny Swinger, man, he's uh, <laughs> going down in history as one of the no. Uh, Eric Young is, is an interesting character. He kind of reminds me of like someone from Pasco County when you refuse to give them change outside of a 7-11 when he comes <laughs> out and starts screaming. Uh but it but it's captivating and I I really sure. like yeah. yeah. Uh he uh it kind of caught me off guard with him uh, just screaming over and over again, this isn't your world, this is our world, or what, like, what, what was it, it that he was saying?
0: So I actually wrote this down. He was like, he will continue to do this until we open our eyes. They're the cure. Sickness is everywhere. The disease has taken over, but they will prevail. Um, and then I just wrote down whatever that all means. So that's this is when I was totally like, what the yeah. hell does he keep saying? <laughs> but it was definitely
2: thought-provoking. And then, like Sandy said, with the backstage, the uh, – the uh, the. know? Uh, Cody Deaner, yeah. His promo was really, really good.
1: Um,
2: I, I, what's, his, what's his tag team partner's name?
0: The Dieners.
1: Just The Dieners? It's, well, it's Cousin Jake.
2: Cousin Jake. Okay, yeah. Uh, Wait. <laughs> the, the, the only thing, though, is I don't... I I do like programs where they have sort of one member of a tag team feuding in a singles feud... But I just feel like it's kind of going to throw Cousin Jake off to the side a little bit, especially since they haven't really established them too much. Like, I haven't seen them work as a tag team too often. So, I mean, if they're trying to establish them as a tag team or to make this feel more personal as, you know, I don't want to do this as a team. I want to do this by myself. I feel like there should be more of that feeling of. These guys are inseparable. This must be a really big deal if he's going to go at this alone. You know what I mean?
0: Which, yeah, I completely agree with that. With Josh, them as a tag team, what's – before we started watching, what do we know about them as a tag team?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. They've been on impact for a while. Let me pull up – if I can.
0: How long? interesting take. And if they are like an established tag team, and now you're saying you're not a fan of, you know, one of them having a feud outside of that tag team.
2: Yeah, I feel like if you're going to do a singles feud from a guy in a tag team, if you want to make it feel really personal, you're better off doing that. Like uh, like if the Usos, for example.
0: Involving the second person. In involving
2: well. the second person, yeah. Um, but if if one of them says hey, no, I need to do this alone, that – you're like, oh, shit. Like these two are nothing but a tag team. Like we only see work as a tag team. This must be a big deal. I don't know too much of their work. So it feels more like two singles guys right now. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really – when he said, no, I want to do this alone. This is personal. The gravity of that wasn't really too well
1: portrayed to me. Yeah, so the Deaners, they debuted April 13th, 2019 – uh, on Impact. So they've not been there that, that long. So... They
0: debuted as a tag team, right? Correct. hmm mm.
1: So maybe so, it's just me not seeing enough of their stuff.
0: No, but... Uh, I feel like they're, right? they're,
1: they're, they're definitely a lower card tag team, especially in a world where, pre, where we're just now in the spot. But before this, you know, we had the Rascals, we had Motor City Machine Guns, the North, the Good Brothers, Triple XL. you have... Uh, you even have Reno scum hanging around you have you know before Heath got injured, you have Heath and Rhino uh, there as a tag team so um you know the Desi hit squad previously so there there's plenty of of tag team options um, but yeah i I mean, we'll see how it goes but it is it is Cody Deaner's best work as far as uh, what we've been watching mm-hmm. i just I just don't know. If he gets buried from this angle um, or if they give him kind of more of a 50-50 kind of look uh, with Eric Young. But we'll see what happens. Well, I feel like if you're going to build uh, Eric Young back up, you got
2: to kind of give him a big win. But you don't want to feed one of your established stars. So maybe what they're trying to do is make Diener feel like a big star to then bury him <laughs> to make it feel like Eric <laughs> Young beat a big name. You know They what definitely I mean? are propping I'm him mean. up. They are, they are yeah, propping him yeah, up for him up. sure. Up but they have no real intention of using him past this.
0: Oh, I think that's, it's a little early to say that. Much. Well, I'm, I'm yeah.
1: saying it's a possibility. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Oh, and yeah, I hope that's, not. that's way down the line. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, you know, I will say this is, is that Sandy and I have learned even before this week, uh, that you always trust what Scott, the and Don Callis are doing. So, uh, they've, they've really built a good product uh, here at impact wrestling. Um, yeah. and, and, and beyond as we'll get into later. Um, Now, this is the part of the show where it really takes a really weird turn. Um, (laughs) We get, uh, of course, Deanna Brazzo and and Kimberly uh, backstage with Father John Mitchell. Of course, we saw last week they tried to make a deal with him to turn Sue Young into Susie. Because they feel like they could handle a Susie problem, but not a Sue Young problem. Uh, Something that I probably would agree with. Um, But then we have, uh, you know, Deanna comes out to the ring. She tells Kimberly, hey, listen. Kim and I – she tells her Kim. I don't know that anyone's ever called her that. But she says, uh, Kim and I will go to the ring and draw her out. You just do the rest. So she goes, challenges her to a rematch, says, you, you got to get out of here right now or so you're not getting your rematch. And then uh, this is where, it, quite literally, all hell breaks loose.
0: <laughs> so, like, for us, I feel it's, it's very um, – I'm only a little bit familiar with the whole – undead bridesmaid situation with soo young like when she first started doing i'm not i don't recall the whole father mitchell thing back then when all this kind of went down so the whole backstage story of it i'm not too familiar with um i do recall the time that it happened but i was like what the hell is going on over an impact and i just didn't watch it when it was happening um but i kind of knew like okay he has something to do with why soo young is this way and um of course, what we see from this is that Diana and uh, Kimber come out to the ring. They call out Su Young, or Diana calls out Su Young for her rematch clause, but Father Mitchell then comes out and brings the whole squad of undead bridesmaids with him. Um, so I was like, oh shit, what is happening? Uh, Diana takes advantage of the fact that the bridesmaids were surrounding Su Young and she was distracted, takes her out with the uh, Cosa Nostra, which is the gotch style pile driver that she does, mm-hmm. and that was it. And then the main part here wasn't just that, that, that beatdown, that simple squash almost. Um, it's that the brides take Sue Young with them out of the ring. They just got all kind of carry her limp body. And I guess we'll see what happens next week. But the visuals themselves looked really freaking cool. You know, the background, all the red, and it literally looks like they're in freaking hell. And, you know, Father Mitchell looks crazy with his eyebrows. And he has great delivery and whatever he's talking about. Um, so it was it was out there. It was weird. If you're not into this type of stuff in wrestling, then you're going to hate it. But I thought, you know, it's, again, it's, it's that wrestling doesn't have to be super serious. It can just be silly sometimes. And we had The Undertaker for God knows how, well, we do know how many years, however many years. And, you know, he was a a dead man, you know, he did all the creepy (laughs) shit and then we all loved it. And, you know, why can't Impact do this now? You know, I feel like just some people are just so easy to be like, oh, that's goofy shit. What is happening over there? And it's like, there's been goofy shit in wrestling forever. The 80s, all the characters back then, complete fucking just gimmicks and not even good wrestlers. Right, yeah. Name a,
1: name a job and a, that's, your, that's your name. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it wasn't even, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm getting on a rant here, but. It looks cool. Can't wait to see what happens to Sue Young. I don't know if she went back to hell and then we'll get Suzy. I don't know. But I feel like the Sue Young dead bride character is a lot more over than the Suzy doll character.
2: I feel like Suzy worked better with uh, when Kylie Ray was around. I feel like. Yeah. With
0: yeah. That, yeah. With that, that's kind of lost. But who knows? We'll see what happens. What did you think?
1: Uh no I I I thought it was a pretty cool visual uh, and and I'm trying to kind of you know catch up still on what Father John James Mitchell um what his kind of whole background is and uh you know it's kind of like uh he's kind of all over the place right so he's he's one of those old school wrestling guys that's bounced around forever um you know he held an alliance with Abyss and. All all kinds of stuff. So he's been around TNA for a while, and he made two brief appearances at at WWE. And I found this fun fact. He actually appears on an Insane Clown Posse track, um, which is he performs a Carnival Barker-style introduction to the song Ride the Tempest from the Insane Clown Posse album The Tempest. Featuring oh, the signature laughter of his sinister minister gimmick. Yo. So, <laughs> I think I that tells think. me everything I need to know about Father James Mitchell. Um, <laughs> but no, I think you know he's definitely he's he's a charismatic character. There's a reason why they keep on bringing him back into stuff because they trust him on the microphone. Certainly, I don't think we're going to mm-hmm. see him really getting physical or taking any more matches. Um, but no, I, I thought it was, it, it definitely served the purpose of whatever they're trying to accomplish with him now being back and resurrected. Um, mm-hmm. so we'll see, we'll see where it goes from there. It's kind of my whole take on it. I, I'm curious if you guys recognized any of the bridesmaids cause I did not.
0: I did not either.
1: I don't think they really showed their faces too much. Did they?
0: I tried. I was trying to keep an eye out, but I did not recognize anyone.
1: Yeah. They, no. they gave a little bit of a look, but not, not anything, uh, obvious. Just yeah, Goldberg.
0: <laughs> no,
1: shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just now. I'm I'm picturing Goldberg as a undead bridesmaid. And that's quite the picture. <laughs> get that
0: terrifying. on a shirt, brother.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so after this, uh, we get a uh, quick backstage promo with Chris Bay talking to to uh our friend Moose. Um, oh, basically Moose, uh, you know Moose is is he's turned into quite the interesting character, and it's an interesting uh trade of events. Basically, you know. Threatening Chris Bay that if he does beat Rich Swan, that he's going to catch the next beating, um, you know, or he when he does, well, he has to beat William Mack, I guess, to get the whatever the title shot, but then he doesn't, but and he still got the title shot. But we'll get into that. Um, and then we see uh, the next uh, edition of the Defeat Rohit Challenge, My man. Is, of course, is Sandy's, uh, you know, one of Sandy's favorites. Uh, Rohit Raju defending against Crazy Steve after Crazy Steve in the Suicide Mask gets the roll of win last week in the non-title match. Um, this actually I thought was a, a pretty decent match. Um, when Crazy Steve is actually wrestling and not doing his gimmick, he is a pretty good worker. Um, I I really enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, Logan, we'll kick off with your thoughts here. What did you? What's your uh, your uh, notes and uh, take here for the X Division Championship Masters Team, Rohit Raju and Crazy Steve.
2: Uh, well, Rohit has slowly become one of my favorite wrestlers just because watching him, his just all around, I feel like he's an incredibly well rounded wrestler. He's great on the mic. He is an excellent worker. He uses ring psychology, but he can also do the spots. But then just watching him, he's so fluent and his ring awareness and positioning, you can see where he can take. he he can fill in for whatever his opponent's gap in knowledge may be. So crazy Steve in that match, I saw a couple instances where he wasn't quite in the right position, but Rohit had this really cool way about him where he would recover in such a way that didn't look like he was trying to recover from a botch or maybe trying to position themselves, but then Mm -hmm. also pull off whatever it is that they were trying to do just so incredibly smoothly. Uh, I've, Never really been a big fan of Crazy Steve, uh, but I thought the match was really solid. Uh, but yeah, Rohit is just man. I, he's another one that I get the notepad out every time he's out, and just his character work. And it, it's it's one thing for people to be, you know, really awesome characters on the mic, but then as soon as the bell rings, sometimes that that switch kind of flips, and they can't really. Be a good worker and, you know, show that character work as well. But he does a really good balance of both. He maintains that really captivating character work while being a consistently great worker. And I think that that's, you know, that's that's something that I think.
0: You literally stole all my notes. Oh, did I? <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you know that that thing on the screen that she's got that that says like uh, wrestling notes. That's oh, yeah. That's what you were reading. No, no, I'm kidding. Got
2: right um, up here, baby. You not need no notes.
1: <laughs> Again, this is, an, this, is, this is an audio presentation, not a uh, not a visual uh, platform. So, uh, you know, people can't see you looking at Sandy's notes uh, or not looking at Sandy's notes. <laughs> they, all they know is what we're telling them. Um, but, yeah, Sandy, uh, since Logan uh, took most of your notes here, do uh, you got anything else to add? You can you literally. Said, yeah,
0: go ahead. <laughs> On original. Get out of here. So, no, so this match, you know, we – I love all of Rohit's matches, but this one, I honestly felt like he turned it up to, like, 150%. You know, the intensity from the start was, man, it was up there. He was just, when he was hitting the ropes, he was hitting the ropes with such intention. Like, like, shit, like, I need to get rid of this man and hold on to my title. Like, he cares so much about that thing. And with every kick in the corner, he was just... Oh, my God, there was a time that he did a, a, a giant just running kick to the face of Crazy Steve and just looked brutal. Everything that he was doing that night against Crazy Steve was with intention, with passion, and he wanted to get that win. And I, I was like, holy shit. Um, one of the little details here is that at the end, Rohit Raju wins, but he does um, – what was it? It was not a roll-up. They were going back – and they were trading pins, and he finally kind of gets him. It was the, cru- the crucifix.
2: No, it was an Okana.
0: But no, remember he, uh, Steve was going for the crucifix, but he stopped it. And then, oh, it was the O'Connor
2: for the pin or for the submission that he did
0: for the pin, for the pin at the end.
2: I think it was an O'Connor roll. I think that's right.
0: Yeah. But yeah. it was one well, the, of oh, the crucifix thing happened earlier. Yeah. But anyways, he didn't even have to get to, he held the ropes to get to secure the pin, but he didn't have to, you know, you know, he wasn't, I don't think crazy Steve was getting anywhere out of that pin. No. But because of his character, he immediately just saw the rope and immediately just grabbed it, even if it was for like less than half a second of the third count, because right. he's freaking genius. That's his character. And right. he just, just
1: to make the- that little, little bit more to put it over the edge.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And honestly, one of my biggest takes away uh, takeaways from, from watching impact from starting this podcast is that I'm just so thankful that I started doing this and thankful for watching impact because otherwise I would have never found out about Rohit Raju and he's become one of my favorites. I'm not even joking about that. He's become my favorite.
2: She has a little shrine in the bedroom. She gives a little kiss every night before before she goes to bed. Good night, Rohit. I'm just very
0: thankful. I would have honestly, you know, sometimes you, you, when, when you discover like a wrestler in the Indies, you feel so accomplished because it's like, Oh man, it's this person that hasn't made it yet. You know? That's mm-hmm. how I feel about Rohit Raju. Yeah, he's he's a contract. He has a contract. He's a champion. He's an impact. But like, think of how many people are not watching Impact because of you know other promotions available, and of course, Impact has you know been the, the running joke in wrestling for many years, and it's not even their fault anymore. And I'm just thankful because honestly, he's 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 up there, man. I love him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, we're gonna skip. There's there's two backstage segments, but I didn't want to just in the interest of time because we got a lot more to get to. We're going to skip past, uh, you know, uh, Kira Hogan and Tasha They're still hiding the money from Fala Ba. Um, hmm, no who, who Didn't continues he have an
2: accent two weeks ago?
1: He still kind Did of he? does. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he keeps on using the word Gucci um, because they used it uh, to say all Gucci. And then there was a backstage, uh, Brian Myers, TJP, uh, Crazy Steve. Uh, and I, I don't know if, if Swaggo was backstage for this one. Um, but you know, there's, they're just kind of leading to what Brian Myers is going to do next, which is probably going to wind up being uh TJP, but I do want to spend, uh, as much time as we need to on this one. It is the main event. We've seen this match before, uh, but it's always, uh, a good match and never a bad time when Willie Mack and Chris Bay are in the ring. I thought this one was pretty damn good, um, of course, William Mack is a huge uh, favorite of this podcast, and so is Chris Bay. And and you know, of course, they're making sure to point out that Chris Bay, of course, is gonna be competing in the Super J Cup USA uh, with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling as well as TJP. So that is super cool. Uh, but this is a pretty great match. It goes uh, nine and a half minutes. Um, it seems like there were stakes going into it, but coming out of it, Chris Bay still has a title shot at. Final resolution, so I'm not really sure if there was actual stakes in it um, or if they just dropped them, but a uh, pretty good match here that uh, gives Willie Mack the win.
0: It was so much fun. We love Willie Mack. Mm. I think yeah, I think we can both say that we absolutely love him. It was such. It was a hot start from the beginning um, by Willie. as he just demolishes Chris Bay for a little while with some brutal chops, and, oh, my God, he did a spot where he damn near rips – Chris Bay's nipples off yeah, which was Ooh. hilarious <laughs> I absolutely loved it um we do see the story of the match being that Chris Bay cuts off Willie Mack by targeting and damaging uh his knee um it was oh my gosh it's crazy to me so Impact, I think has the best big men that can work because you know I'm not personally I'm not a big fan of someone like Braun Strowman. I don't feel like he can really run junior get out of here <laughs> um we, I, we are yeah.
1: definitely not going to talk down about, of course, our, our friend and, and local uh, wrestler, uh, Ron Bass Jr., on this podcast. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> Big old Ron <running> A Bad Jr. <laughs>
1: they're, feuding,
0: they're, feuding, they're feuding for life. <laughs> right,
1: listen, uh, shout-outs to uh, Ron Bass Jr. Uh, he's got a great T-shirt. Oh. He's got a great T-shirt. I'm sorry. i got to give it to him. That little
0: that one Bully gimmick? Yes. So cute. I love it. I'm I'll,
1: I'll kill us all right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyways salty.
1: back to back to talking about big man uh big man uh slapping meat or whatever it is that biggie uh, that uh biggie says <laughs> isn't that what Slap he says me. big big men smacking meat or something like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <Slap and> <laughs> oh yeah they can't see you i assure yeah, you it, what i did is
1: it, funny you know? but uh, lucky for us i do actually record the video for this too so uh, this might uh uh go on the official 8-Bit Suplex TikTok channel. <gasps>
0: don't you dare. We have one of those?
1: No, we don't, but we might. <laughs> we, we, might we, we might have to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Please let me know ahead of time. My hair is all... <laughs> uh, don't have...
1: worry about it. Your hair looks great. Uh, so does mine, but that's because I'm wearing a hat. Um, but anyways, <laughs> getting back to uh, Willie Mack here.
0: It was freaking awesome. So good. The best big men. Like, outside of Keith Lee that WWE now has, because of course when he and Willie Mack went at it in the Indies, Oh, I was, I freaking loved it. So now we have Willie Mack. I really, he, oh, he's so great. This was a fantastic match. And the finish, man, of course we do see at the end of the match that Willie Mack, um, goes over on Chris Bay, but then Moose comes out with his spear. um, Onto Willie Mac, which that spear to me. What do you think of that spear? You know, the whole rolling forward. Do you like that?
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, okay. I do. Um, I think I he calls know, it have... the lights out. Is I think what he calls He's it. I like, like it a lot. Yeah, I I really liked uh, Willie Mac uh, when he he got
2: slapped, and he was just like, "You got me fucked up," and then. <laughs> The, the pop-up forearm? Oh, was a pop- oh, oh my God. God. Oh, that popped me. Yeah, it was right after that.
0: Yeah, he picks up Chris Bay. Chris Bay's in the air, and he literally throws this freaking forearm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my beautiful, God. Beautiful,
2: beautiful forearm. Yeah.
0: That sound. I was like, holy shit. He's got a lot
1: of meat to slap. So. <laughs> yes, he does. And he moves it well. Yeah, no, I mean, this is – when you put out a, a TV main event, this is everything that you want and more, uh, I think. So uh, definitely a great match. Pretty good episode of Impact. Um, It turns out to be, I guess you could call it, almost a go-home show for next week's Impact, which we'll get into. Uh, This is normally the part of the show where we would transition into a video game topic. Uh, But we're actually not going to do that this week or next week. Uh, Just because the uh, wrestling world, so to speak, got somewhat flipped on its head Wednesday night on TNT. Uh, And I'm not just talking about Sting reappearing on uh, on all Elite Wrestling, um, but also what happens in the main event of that show. Um, We were going to talk a little bit up here about Dynamite, and you know, just to kind of set the stage since this is you know, we haven't talked about AEW much on this show, uh, even though our first uh, episode uh, of this podcast, which we'll remember, was. Almost four months ago, uh, at this point, uh, hard to believe, was the we talked about the AEW Women's Tag Team Tournament. Um, oh, that's right. But since then, we we just decided that we were going to talk strictly Impact. And yeah, you might be saying, um, yeah, but this is the Impact podcast. Still, why are you guys talking about Dynamite? And we'll get into that later, of course. Um, but uh, Sandy and Logan, I'll go to both of you. Uh, what is kind of uh, your your thoughts, your experience uh, thus far in the, the short-lived, uh, thus far, uh, all the wrestling? You go first. I'm going go next to you guys. <laughs>
0: did you just that? Did you
1: catch
0: that? I'm going to next to you guys. Yeah, I, I did. Here, <laughs> no, I, I enjoyed it.
2: I, I, I really like it. Uh...
0: Around. I make him watch it. Like, if we're both home Wednesday night, like, we're watching AEW. I am – I've been there with them from the start, and that's how it's going moving forward. And here's the thing.
2: It's not that I – it's not that I don't like Impact. It's just – no, Impact. AW. It's not that I don't like Dynamite. It's just that I am very rarely home at a time where I can watch Dynamite, and we don't have the DVR anymore. But I can watch NXT when it comes out on the network, so it's just that I follow it more because it's more accessible. But I love the product that they put out, and I love it as an alternative, and I love it as, uh, you know, the the edgier product. But they still maintain, you know, they give you that little bit of, ooh, we say shit and there's blood sometimes, but also you're gonna see really good wrestling, you know. Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, wasn't too up to date on the any of the storylines going in apart from I think I stopped wrestling or stopped watching right around uh when Orange Cassidy and PAC were or PAC were feuding and then kind of came back in when FTR came back into the fold that was I so I had a little bit of a gap there
1: but that's a pretty big gap
2: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Yeah I, yeah, I well that's I started working Wednesday nights so That's right. Yeah. and Sure. It uh, listen, I totally get it. Uh I I played Wednesday night hockey for a very long time and I stopped mm. playing Wednesday night hockey because of course you know two nights of wrestling, two two big wrestling programs on Wednesdays. Uh and then of course on this week of all weeks I decided to fill in for a, a friend's team on a Wednesday night. Uh, and not be able to watch this action live, um, no. but but yeah, and and I actually found out about what happened from Sandy texting me while I was in the parking lot of the <laughs> uh, hockey rink, um, because I I set all my group chats to mute until I watch, and then <laughs> I was I wasn't planning on the Sandy text message, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> it didn't really spoil anything. It kind of you know I kind of knew who was going to win that match, um, but Sandy. Before we get into that, Sandy, what are your thoughts uh, on AEW thus far?
0: So I have have my criticisms, but overall, I've really, really enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. You know, um, I being familiar with these guys, you know, watching PWG and checking them out in the Indies wherever I could. You know, I was there for um also New Japan's first show in Long Beach, California. I made the trek all the way to the other coast of the country, um, following. New Japan for a long time, seeing these guys in the indies, you know, they were, they were my, my biggest, my favorites, you know, outside of WWE. I think even at this time I was like so uninterested in WWE for such a long time that I I did the big shows, but when it came to my favorites, it was Adam Cole when he was still in, in there and before he got murdered, um, he got murdered, okay, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> and <laughs> Um, when when the Being the Elite show came out on YouTube, I was watching that every single week or whenever they came out. And so I, I had huge on following them. Kenny Omega, of course, everyone's favorite for those amazing matches that he put out a few years ago with Akata.
2: He's no Jinder
1: Mahal. Bud.
0: Get it's out of know. here. <laughs> He's no Ricky <rookie laughs> But They are
1: both Canadian, though.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to me, it was all about supporting them, being the, the new guys, being the little guys. And I I know from the start, they said, you know, they're not competing against the E and that's fine. But, you know, they're so now competing with NXT. So I wanted to, in my sense, I'm like, I'm going to support the little guys that need to get those ratings, that need to succeed to be that alternate product, not only for the fans, but for workers alike. Hey, like we've seen people from our school, Lindsay's know she's had a couple of matches on uh, AW Dark, Catalina Perez, you know, we've seen people that we train with that, are getting the opportunities there. So of course we want that company to succeed. And that's how I see it in my eyes. Mm. I I feel like they really are an indie friendly company allowing this talent to get that exposure that they would have never had otherwise, you know? Uh, Especially during this pandemic situation, having them have that opportunity to be on the big stage um, like that, it has been fantastic. It has been something that has helped the entire independent wrestling community. My criticisms, though, is that in the beginning, you know how they were trying to market it as like kind of like a New Japan American alternative in a way that it was going to be more sports centric rather than entertainment centric.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: As we've seen with the changes with uh, what was the one faction that Brandy Rhodes was going to do? and, um, and That would Kong. be the Nightmare
1: Collective, yeah.
0: Nightmare Collective, you know how that goofy, how much criticism that had and I got completely scrapped. You know, we've seen these goofy storylines here and there. It hasn't been 100% sports centric, like they kind of more pushed it towards. And it's kind of been more on the entertainment side while still getting great matches. But I feel like they oversold it as that sports centric by, you know, saying, hey, we're going to have match ratings. And based on the ratings of the wrestler, then that's how you get your opportunities. But we see that kind of, to me, it's kind of like an afterthought that they kind of just put the ratings out there. For and yeah, they're, they're,
1: you're talking about the the records, the win loss records, and I will agree with you on that. Certainly, um, the win loss yeah. records are they they matter when they do, and then they don't when they don't, right?
0: Yeah. Exactly. It's just kind of there. So I've i had my criticisms, but overall, I've really enjoyed the product. It's great to see these these alternative matches that we wouldn't be able to see elsewhere. And it's entertaining. It's fun as hell. Okay.
2: Well, well yeah. the thing about that is they, if they're. With the sports centric, that's how you get over with the with, you know, the loyal crowd, the wrestling crowd. But when you start wanting to appeal to a national television and appeasing, you know, stockholders and drawing in that more casual audience, that's and that's what WWE has done so well for so long, which is, you know, they get so much criticism. But yet here they are. It's because they know how to play the entertainment game and pull in that casual audience. And they kind of realized, hey, that's kind (laughs) of what we're going to have to do here.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, Yeah. well, it's
1: it's interesting to see, and and I've been to, trying to think, I've been to Daly's Place for shows, I want to say four times now. I went to the first fight for The Fallen, Mm. I went to a New Year's Day Dynamite, and then I went to All Out, maybe? Which was the one that Matt Hardy almost died at? Was that All Out, or was that Full Gear?
0: I don't remember which one that was. That's not too long ago, so maybe Full Gear? Yeah,
1: I think that was Full Gear. That wasn't the last one. Whichever the last one was, it was the one before that. Um, but regardless, mm. um, yeah, I mean, it's it's an it's a absolutely incredible live show. Um, it's a, a really fun TV show to watch. Uh, mm. And I think you're right when you're talking about that entertainment aspect. I mean, there's only one show that did a mimosa match. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, so in in which I saw in person, that was the same show, whatever, which one that was, um, Mm -hmm. that was fun to watch, but of course, you know, it took a long time to clean up and make everything safe again. So, um, you know, there's, there's, there's certainly some, some interesting things going on with all the wrestling. There is more guys that are that high work rate style, get in as many moves as you can. Uh, they get criticized a lot because some of the guys don't really sell. Uh, too heavy um, and, and I think that's something that New Japan takes some criticism for from your old school WWE guys uh, your guys that grew up watching territorial wrestling uh, like Mid-South and, and different things like that right so there's definitely criticism there I really enjoy the product uh, it's the only weekly show besides Impact that I try to make sure that I don't miss um, and that's just because I like a lot of the, the wrestlers that are on there I'm at a point right now where like if you had to tell me, like... You would literally have to tell me who the NXT champion is right now. And and that's that's not, you know... I could tell you who the tag team champions are. I could tell you who the women's champion is. But I couldn't tell you who the regular... I know who the North American champion is because we've seen Leon Ruff uh, locally a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. And it couldn't happen to a better guy. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, no, I mean, AEW... Uh, Really awesome so far. I I hope they continue to build off of the momentum they got. They do uh, set up this, I guess they're going to do this yearly now, for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Uh, And this is the first match that we get here on the card is the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royale. um, Where the final two qualify for the match for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Uh, Of course, won by MJF last year. Uh competing in this, we had, I'm looking at the list here, Wardlow, Sean Spears, Serpentico, Scorpio Sky, Sammy Guevara, Miro, Matt Seidel, Matt Hardy, Mark Quinn, Luther, Lee Johnson, Kip Sabian, Jungle Boy, John Silver, Joy Janela, Isaiah Cassidy, Alex Reynolds, Adam Page, and of course the two winners of the match, MJF and Orange Cassidy. Now Orange Cassidy uh did get to sit most of the match out because he was pulled out under the ropes and then slammed into a corner pole. Um and MJF kind of sat most of it out because he and Wardlow just kind of hid in a corner. I love, and maybe maybe too much, I love battle royals.
0: <laughs>
1: I love the you know the Royal Rumble is still my favorite match, and it doesn't matter if it's a quote unquote bad one. I still get hyped for every I just want to see who comes in when and who's a surprise and who's this. And so, uh, you know, and there, I don't think there's any surprises definitely in this Battle Royal about who was in it. Um, but I just I love a good over the top rope uh, Battle Royal. Um, and I thought this was a pretty good one.
0: That's awesome. So I actually missed like the first uh, 30, 40 minutes of Dynamite. So I do want to go back and, and see that. Did they do all the entrances? Like, like did they do the separate entrances or probably just no. had everyone in the ring? Right.
1: They actually had everyone ringside. And then when they rang the bell, everyone oh. went into the ring except for you know yeah so except a couple people kind of waited uh and didn't get in right away sean spears and scorpio sky had a stare down uh and and a couple others um but yeah it's definitely a a different style of way to do it for sure that's interesting
0: and that's cool see that's what i like i like someone being innovative and trying different things and even if it doesn't work hey what the hell just give it a shot yeah
1: yeah and then uh, moving right along, so we'll get MJF and Orange Cassidy next week for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. This may be an opportunity to continue that push that Orange Cassidy got earlier in the year by beating uh, Jericho in their feud. Um, yeah. We'll see how it. Absolutely. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm a big Orange Cassidy fan. Uh, I I have an Orange Cassidy T-shirt that I wear pretty often, um, <laughs> and and just subconsciously my thumbs ups. Are no longer this; they're just this. Um, (laughs) So, which, yo, yeah, the lazy thumb, um, which of course (laughs) works great on an audio medium. Get that
0: TikTok
1: going. The uh, the next match on the card was Chris Jericho and Frankie Kazarian. Um, I thought it was okay. I I don't know. Did you guys catch this one?
0: I did not. We did not.
1: No. No, Okay. So. (laughs) Hey, listen, it's okay. You didn't really miss anything too too much. Uh, Cage Match has it about at about a five uh, out of ten. So you're talking like uh, you know a two and a half or so if you're looking at star ratings. So uh, I, I think it's, I I think it's time to start kind of having that conversation about Jericho that his in ring work is starting to go down. Um, he's still a great promo. He still has some pretty good spots here and there. Um, but I don't think he's I think he's someone that you have to start carrying and unfortunately uh he's a guy that calls everything in the ring as it goes um he he doesn't plan anything out, so you you can't really you're kind of moving based off of what he's saying and I think that that's gonna start to as he continues to get older Now uh, in his fifties now I think he is um, mm-hmm. he that can that's gonna start to dip uh faster and faster I think yeah.
0: Whatever, guys. He still got it. Dun 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 dun
1: dun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 he he does for now. I'll say that. I'll give him that. Uh, but I will say this is that Frankie Kazarian is kind of looking like uh, Target brand uh, Randy Orton out there. Uh, he's just got a good. He's got a got a. He's got a good tan going. He's got he's got the uh, the muscle definition. Uh, he's got a bit more hair than Randy does, but that's because Frankie Kazarian definitely he got whatever the uh, hair treatment LeBron James does. Uh, that's what Frankie Kazarian's on, uh, because he's got a full head of hair now um, <laughs> compared to last year. And uh, yeah, so
0: <laughs> it, it was,
1: yeah, pull up a picture of Frankie Kazarian. Uh, and if you're listening at home, do the same and then pull up a picture of Randy Orton. And you'll just think that you just gave Frankie Kazarian a buzz cut. Um, it's, <laughs> it's They're looking that similar, but, but maybe that's just me. I don't know. Uh, Next match on the card was, of course, uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, uh, accompanied by Rebel or Reba, depending on who you believe, uh, taking on Layla Hirsch. And Layla Hirsch is someone that's gotten some buzz because she did work stardom. I don't know. Are either of you familiar with Layla Hirsch?
0: I have seen some of her matches from stardom and some of her um, other work. And she, man, she can go. For someone her size, it is... She's a big one. She was the one I showed you that she's, she's really, really short.
1: Oh, right, right. She's really short.
0: And Britt Baker, I'm not sure how tall she is, but she was towering over Layla, which looked a little
1: funny. Yeah. I don't think Britt tops five, six. So, um, which is why I think like Layla looks probably from a high perspective, looks like she fits in a little bit better in stardom where most of the wrestlers are pretty short. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, Britt, uh, Britt and Layla have a pretty good match here. Um cage bench is about the same rating on that one as what Jericho and Kazarian got, uh, which is I think a pretty good sign for the women's division here in AEW uh, to start getting more positive reactions and ratings Um, because that's been a topic. That's been a criticism of AEW uh, over its uh, existence is that they don't give the women enough time and they don't give the women enough matches on dynamite. Um, But we do see a lot of women's matches on dark. We did see the uh, women's tag team tournament on YouTube. Uh, which got a ton of views. So um, we'll see how they go uh, here. Um, there's a tag team match between Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen taking on Team Taz, which, of course, is powerhouse Will Hobbs and Ricky Starks. Uh, Will Hobbs is a guy I'm very big on. I don't know about you guys, but Will Hobbs to me is, is he's a little bit like, he's less athletic than the Keith Lees and, you know, William Max of the world as far as, like, He's not doing flips and stuff. Um, but he, he I love the way he works. Oh, yeah.
0: He was throwing some crazy freaking forms in there. Remember, like, he flipped Darby completely inside out, um, outside of the ring at one spot? Oh, that like, lariat, yes. Yeah, that lariat was brutal. And we're like, oh, shit. He has a great look. And I love that intensity that he brings a about of that's him. lariat.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> really good. Uh, Ricky Starks, of course dynamite oh, I worker love him. great promo uh work out of him lately um kind of being the uh the one guy that's a mouthpiece there because uh, i don't know if you guys have seen any old brian cage promos they are not great um so <laughs> adding ricky starks there is kind of the stick man uh slash cruiserweight of team taz uh, alongside of course taz is one of the still one of the greatest promos of all time um so really good work there uh, of course, uh, they actually wind up uh, losing to uh, Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen. Darby Allen hits the uh coffin drop um, on Ricky Starks uh, to get the pin. Afterwards, of course, there's some beatdown going on. Brian Cage comes out from the back. Dustin Rhodes comes out from the back. Uh, the uh, Nightmare family, uh, so to speak, and, and Darby Allen get the piss kicked out of them, And then uh, the lights cut out. And you know, there's the, of course the long-going joke about AEW and their lights turning off. <laughs> but when the lights come back on, it's a a video, and I don't know about you guys, like this. None of this this video doesn't say to me that this person is coming out at all. Um, but of course, uh, the the the, the uh the soundbite, and I might just put the soundbite in right here. So, future Josh, when you're listening to this later, put the soundbite in here. Uh, but <laughs> the uh the chills. Of Tony Schiavone saying it's Sting, um, that was awesome.
0: Yeah, I popped. Oh my god, I freaked out. But Logan actually guessed that he was watching the video. What did you say first? You said a, a name first. I
2: made a joke about it being the Mortician, like the Undertaker was showing up, and I was like, "Oh, no, it's gonna be Sting, yeah."
0: <laughs> but then he's like, "Oh no, it's Sting," and I was like, "What? No way!" And then it's like, and it was him. And I was like, "Oh!" And the effects with the snow coming I from the video—he so cool, yeah. looked. I mean people are saying that he looked like crap his hair he looked a mess but I thought he looked, he looked like, like he, Sting yeah he, looked, yeah, yeah, he, he looked, looked fantastic he looked like an older friggin' Sting What I else wish could they would have done
2: like a like instead of the the white and black if he would have done like a white and blue for like the what was it the night king from uh...
0: Oh like from Oh uh, uh,
1: sure sure yeah cuz it cuz it was winter is coming yeah was the name um, of the episode Yeah I mean you... <laughs> stupid um, but yeah, no, I mean, just, just to, to obviously you, you could tell Shivani really enjoyed making that call and, and it was a great surprise. And and of course, you know, I, I actually, I thought Sting looked pretty good for a man of his age. Um, mm. You know, I mean, how long has, I, I mean, Sting's been wrestling since before we were born, Sandy. So, you know, I mean, you, the guy can only look so good. You got to start, you know, <laughs> judging this on the curve. Uh, but I think okay. he looks, I think he looks pretty good for his age.
0: I thought so too. I went online, people were like, "Oh my god, he looks like crap." It's like, "Okay, first of all, relax because you're probably going to look like crap too when you're old." This man mm-hmm. has taken all the bumps, and you know he got hurt last time he was wrestling a few years ago against Seth Rollins, and now we see him back and I'm just thankful. And of course, I don't think anyone really expects this man to go in there and have matches because that is what we fear, right? We've seen these we've seen these uh, Hall of Famers and these older guys come back and It's been a disaster, and of course I'm talking about those Saudi Arabia shows with WWE, where they go in there and those matches are just awful, and that's not how we want to see those childhood heroes look. But I don't think anyone really is expecting him to go in there and have matches again. You know what we did see in the ring is that he went and sized everyone up and down. He made hard hard eye contact. He never broke that that glare that he has from his uh, from his lips from his eyes. And then the final person he went on to was Darby Allen. And he looked at him in the eyes for much longer than he did everyone else. And it was a beautiful scene where the, that the camera caught of the intensity of them just looking at each other. And to me, if this is the direction that they're going, where it's bringing Sting back to be some sort of mentor for Darby Allen and some sort of patching oh, patching, passing the torch from Sting being that character with the face paint and that creepy darkness giving it to Darby Allen, an up-and-coming star for you know Dynamite on TNT, that is the way to do it. I am actually one of those people that are, you know, the whole Undertaker retiring. To me, Undertaker retired at WrestleMania in Orlando against Roman Reigns. All these comebacks he's done afterwards, I don't care. Yeah. And I just hate the fact that he never got to pass that torch mm-hmm. to someone like <laughs> Bray Wyatt, which I feel like would have been a more than deserving character to have that passing of the torch and be the new creepy character that's untouchable. We never got to see that. Instead, Undertaker saying. took it with him and it was I feel like it was a waste. So if this is the direction they're going, I am just 100,000% here for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so and, and I, one the one comment I'll make about the Undertaker is that uh and, and I said this on One Nation Radio a couple weeks ago. Um uh, I don't believe that the Undertaker's retired until Mark Calloway himself is is dead. Um, it just won't happen. I I, I just don't see it. There's always going to be some payday, some payday, some, you know, big show that they're going to come back and he's going to, you know, he's going to Mark Calloway can't stay away. He doesn't know how to. Um, but you know, when you're talking about Sting, Sting is 61 years old. So yeah, we're, we're definitely not going to see him take, you know, Kenny Omega to the limits in a 35 minute match. Um, but (laughs) You know, if he if he has some enhancement matches, some tag team matches, uh, clearly there's there was a, a good stare down between him and Arn Anderson. So uh, you know, we'll we'll see kind of where this goes. Um, and of course, you know, there's history there between Sting and the Rhodes family from the WCW era. So yeah. we'll see kind of you know where that goes. Um, do you see but, like, matches though, like, or do you think he's coming back in an Arn Anderson
2: capacity where it's you know, maybe uh, maybe he does a stinger splash and a, you know, here and there, but never really has a bell to bell match.
1: I think he'll do some of the shorter ones. Like I, I think there's a there's a spot for him. You know, he's he's too big of a name to have a, a squash match on dark probably, uh, but that would be mm-hmm. a really good use of him. I I think to just give some, some of these. If you imagine being a, a young indie worker that's coming into work dark and you get to pull sting for AEW dark. To me, that would be that would be incredible. <laughs> I'm not a, Well, I'm not I feel a, like he's you know,
2: the, he's got to have his retirement match. And if it's going to happen, it's got to be on TNT. It's got to be on the spiritual predecessor, you know,
1: like his official retirement. Right, right. Because, I mean, he had the. I, I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he had the last match that was televised on TNT of WCW against Ric Flair. So, you know, for him to now be back on TNT to kind of uh, give his blessing, so to speak, uh, of what the product is now on TNT. Uh, to me, that's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, it, it and it kind of takes away from that tag match, uh, to the, you me that sting was the best part of it and he wasn't even in the match. So, um, oh,
0: yeah,
1: you know, it was a good match, but overshadowed by what happened next. And I think this next match kind of suffers from that too, uh, which is right. the main event with Kenny Omega challenging John Moxley for the AEW world championship. Um, this was a very good match. It's Kenny Omega and John Moxley. How could it not be? Um, it goes uh, twenty-eight minutes and twenty-eight seconds, so we almost get a full half hour here. The problem that I have with having world championship matches on television um, is that there's commercials, and, and that right. I think I feel like every time that you started to get really heated and in, hooked into this match, commercial, it went to commercial. And, and obviously like, uh, you know, so Floyd who, who was on, of course, uh, all things elite here on the Social this podcast network, he was telling us, oh yeah, dude, in person, like everyone was red hot the whole time. Everyone was like, he just did the, like half the crowd was standing the whole match. Like it was like the whole thing. But when you watch that on TV, it's tough yeah. because, uh, you know, I wish they would have done, cause they normally do the first match commercial free. I feel like they should have flipped that. Um, but I, listen, I understand it's a business, you know, that that is the main event, more people are going to tune in for the main event, more ad revenue comes in. So I totally understand that aspect of it. Um, but I think this, it hit all the spots that it needed to, it hit all the moments it needed to. And, uh, you know what? I I really enjoyed it.
0: I, I did too. It was, I mean, those it's been a while. I feel like since we've seen this Kenny Omega, mm. um, he, you know, he's had great, great matches when when he was with um, Adam uh, Page and doing the whole tag team thing. But this is the story that was being that was being told this entire time. You know, everyone that was a fan of being the elite and who was a fan starting from the get go of All Elite Wrestling and Dynamite wanted to see that Kenny Omega that we all came to love in New Japan, which was the cleaner and that character of, you know, that high intensity, those five star matches, going at it, going tough, going long, you name it. You know, we wanted to see that. And I feel like a lot of fans kind of felt let down because we didn't see the Young Bucks immediately as tag team champions and we didn't really get to see what they could do in the beginning um but i understand they were giving other teams you know a chance and i understand that kenny couldn't just be the champ right away you know it ma- it makes sense but a lot of people i feel like myself included felt a little disappointed like man i want to see that kenny again maybe he doesn't have any more maybe that whole thing is behind him and maybe we're not going to see that hard-going five-star kenny anymore and that's exactly what he was saying in the promos you know he was like i need to come back I'm fucking Kenny Omega. <laughs> I had all these five-star matches. I was the best wrestler in the world for multiple years. And so this was a story. It was clearly told by his promos, by Kenny's, uh, by Moxley's promos, and ultimately delivered because they both went hard for this match to really prove that point. Kenny Omega gave it his all. Those knee strikes, as beautiful as we saw them against Okada, as beautiful as we saw it at Wrestle Kingdom. You know, and, oh, man, it was hard-hitting. It was it was absolutely beautiful. And like you said, it touched on every single point. And, of course, we get to the to the end of the match where it gets a little screw-in. And before knowing where it was, the direction it was headed to, I was like, what are they doing? You know, we do see a point where Kenny is down and he might be hurt. So the refs are checking on him. They call for Don Callis to come out and, and check on, on Kenny. Of course, we do get the story being told by commentary that Don Callis um, is... Related to Kenny Omega, that they've been, um, that they're family, and and of course we, this this backstory we know from, from New Japan as well. Don Callis used to do commentary, English commentary, New Japan. Um, yep. He when he yep. would speak, he would say, hey, you know, Kenny Omega's uncle was uh, the great cheek, the golden cheek, something cheek in Canada, which um, and of course Don Callis being in the business also being related to Kenny. But commentary made sure to say, hey, that's the relation, in case anyone had missed it. You know, so they did a good job there. So, of course, we get towards the end, and I'm like, oh, they're going to do some screwy fucking dumb finish, even though they said, you know, if it goes past 10 p.m., they're going keep it, to keep it on the show. And we see Moxley grab Kenny Omega and said, fuck it, no, get the rats out of here. He brings them back in the ring.
2: Punches Don Callas.
0: Punches Don Callas. Don Callas gets involved. We have the microphone. Who hits him with the microphone? Don Callis, right?
1: No. No, Don uh, Callis okay. drops the microphone in, into the ring uh, as he's getting right. hit. And Kenny Omega picks it up and then uh, gives him gives him the old bop on the head with the uh, the mesh part.
0: The doop. <laughs> doop. And, of course, from there, Kenny picks him up and gives him some gnarly-looking V-triggers. Those V-triggers were fucking beautiful. Yeah, that man is
2: made of muscle and kneecaps. Just... <laughs> so good. <laughs> yes.
0: He literally popularized that one move. Like, I can't tell you how many people in the indies now are like, V trigger!
2: Dude, and... <laughs> I take, like, I get, people call a V trigger fucking eight times a match now. I'm like, oh my god, like, can you, can hey, your you knee reach my head? Like,
0: <laughs> do you have that Like, mobility? I'm not
2: bending down. You gotta do it. Gotta...
0: <laughs> but man, nobody does it like him. No one. He's and, amazing. Which is why that move, everyone wants to do it now because it looks so brutal, but it's like, all right, you're not Kenny, relax.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, right, and yeah, we, uh, looking at you, Buddy Murphy.
0: <laughs> oh, oh no. He's good. Stop. <laughs> he's fantastic. No, but then, of course, Kenny goes in after those uh, those V-triggers. It was one after the other. I think it was like four or five. I can't even recall. But he goes for the one-wing angel. No one kicks out of that. We have I, a I new I really chance.
2: thought Moxley was going to kick out.
1: I really, really for, I those? really,
2: for a second thought that he was going to kick.
0: Not after all those V-triggers. I was like, it's over.
1: Yeah, I feel like if if he was going to kick out of the one wing angel, it would be before taking four V sugars.
0: That's um, yeah.
1: But but also, yeah, I mean, if anybody was going to kick out of the one wing angel, it would be John Moxley. Um, and and just to say too about John Moxley, um, what a run uh, as champion of, of AEW, carried the company through the pandemic. Really awesome, awesome job. Um, and and I think. This year, I mean, obviously, he was the, the uh, PWI BWI uh, male wrestler of the year, uh, John Moxley, and with good reason. Uh, I, yeah. I think right now, I don't think there's a better promo in professional wrestling, um, and I don't know that there's a better character in professional wrestling than John Moxley has been in the past twelve months. Um, but really excellent title run for him, um, and it, you know it comes to end on a screw finish. So you know maybe uh, maybe we see them run it back in February on pay per view. Yeah, I hope so.
0: I sure think so. I, Especially, I, I think he'll he'll have his time off because um, he has a baby coming. He's yeah. going to have mm-hmm. a baby with Renee, but he can come back and be like, you son of a bitch. And then they can go at it again. It'll be yeah. great.
2: It'll, it, yeah, it'll be enough time for him to get things settled at home, but with enough time left for the baby to incubate, to cook a little longer. What is it called? <laughs> Ew. <To> gestate?
0: <laughs> what?
2: Yeah,
1: gestation periods. Yeah, yeah that's correct.
0: Yeah.
2: You hug her uh, and then you pee in her, how babies are
0: made.
1: Yeah. Ew. <laughs> Welcome to 8-Bit Suplex, an uh, anatomy and physiology podcast. Uh, I hate by, it
0: here.
1: This is our special that. guest host, uh, Logan, uh, who does not have a medical degree, and I cannot emphasize that enough. Um, but I do <laughs> have a piece of paper and some crayons, and I can make one.
0: So. Jesus.
1: Well, uh, moving on. We're
0: <laughs> from the 8-Bit Suplex podcast for life.
1: Yeah, Thanks for coming on, Logan. Uh, we'll see you never. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But, yeah, so Don Callis gets involved, obviously, in the finish a little bit. I liked that they continued to work moves after the microphone spot to yeah. show, okay, it wasn't the microphone that took him out. It was the V-triggers. It was the one-wing angel. Had it yes. been a microphone shot and then pinned them one, two, three, I would have felt like uh, it would be, as we in the business would like to call, a fuck finish. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I liked that they continued to move. I liked that they continued to do the, you know, that actually put them away. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Kenny gets up, Don Callis meets him in the ring, raises his hand with him, and then they run through the back. And this is what, what turns into one of the wackiest surprising uh, angles in modern wrestling history um, so cool. where Don Callis, and they've mentioned many times on air, Don Callis is their special guest commentary, like saying, because of his relationship with Kenny Omega, he is the, you know, the co-vice president of impact wrestling. So they've been saying they've dropped, name dropped impact wrestling, uh, the past couple weeks on AEW, but you just think nothing of it because we know that promotions don't work together. That's not a thing, right? So <laughs> there's no reason to think that something may come for this. But so Kenny and Don run through the back. Of course, Tony Khan stands up and Gro, like, what What the hell? What are you doing? Um, and they just run right past Tony Khan. They run right past everyone in the back. And uh, for some reason, they stopped to talk to Alex Marvez. Hey, kudos to Marvez for getting the scoop. And uh, Marvez.
2: <laughs> chilling was so out behind funny. the truck. I laughed so hard. Yeah, he <laughs> was just waiting.
0: <laughs>
1: was so, funny. <laughs> so pop up, pop up Marvez. Um. He, uh, he says, hey, what's going on? Uh, what, what just happened? Why are, you, why are you guys leaving? And Don Callis says, you'll find out on Tuesday night. And Marvez says, but Dynamite's on Wednesdays. And as <laughs> soon as he said that, I think the whole wrestling world went, whoa, shit. And then, of course, Don Callis confirms everyone's suspicions, but he says, tune in to Impact Wrestling on Access TV. Tuesday night, and you'll hear all about it. And he slams the door to the SUV, drives away, and everyone's left. Now uh, we're here uh, recording on Saturday. We're a little late this week because you know things have been pretty hectic. But it's still the talk of wrestling uh, all over social media. Dream match posts all over the place. King Omega and now Impact Wrestling has put out an advertisement saying that Kenny Omega is, in fact, appearing on Access TV this upcoming Tuesday on Impact Wrestling.
0: It's so cool. Yeah. I'm so excited. Which is,
1: is just wild.
0: I, oh, my gosh. So, you know what? So, I was so confused at first. I was like, okay, why, why are they running backstage and why is the camera still following them, right? I'm like okay, maybe he's hurt and, you know, the camera is supposed to be off and then they didn't turn it off. And I was like, what is happening? I don't know. I thought it was so weird.
2: Like the Maury Povitz cameramen that are just like, you are not the father in the chase him <laughs> backstage. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? And then it didn't hit me to realize what was going on with the screwy finish. Tony Khan was pretty much like, "What you not like this, you know, like, what are you doing? And it was because of the, not him just running past, but it was him because of the finish. Like, you're so much better than this. You know, why did you have to do that screwy finish? You know, you don't, not like this. You're so much better than that. And everyone backstage they brand past. They were like, no, like, come on, man. Like, what are you, what are you thinking? Not like this. What are you doing? And of course they're all running because it was a screwy type of finish. You know, they, they used an illegal object in the match. And that's why uh, Moxley got stunned before all those other moves and got put away. So everyone was like just so disappointed and so upset. And you know, we we know from being wrestling fans that back in the day when when shit like that happened when somebody went into business for themselves, you know, mm. the bat the locker room backstage would would have something to do about it. And even the fans when they believed it was real and some <laughs> shit happened, they would go and try to meet you in the parking lot and try to stab you and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, it was way serious. So that's kind of what they 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 wanted to make it look like. Which I didn't get it at first. <laughs> I had to be like, oh. And then of course we get that huge announcement, which I as soon as he said Tuesday, I was like, oh shit, like I knew it. And then he confirmed it. I got I got goosebumps. You retelling it. I am so freaking excited. Like who would have thought when we started doing this podcast covering Impact that now we're gonna see freaking Kenny Omega and AEW working together. Yeah. My mind I, would like,
1: I would like to say that, that, that this should double our downloads, but who knows? <laughs> but <laughs> not, that, not that we do this for the downloads. We don't. We do this because we love, you know, talking about wrestling and video games. Um, but you know, I think it's kind of funny that you know a wrestler that's synonymous with video games is now going to be showing up on Impact. And so, listen, we were way ahead of this thing, Sandy, doing a, an Impact wrestling and video game podcast four months ago. Okay, I'm just going to throw it out there.
0: It was like, what was it called? Foreshadowing. I think did we make this happen? Did Kenny Omega listen to a podcast and was like, "We need impact," and then Kenny Omega wrestling star to work together, so that they could have a better podcast. I don't know.
1: I, I think <laughs> I think the genius of Don Callis might have had more to do with it, um, oh. but but I'll oh. put us over for that. I'll put us over for that for sure. Um, yeah, this this feels it's hard to kind of because you know Tony Khan has said all along we'll work with anybody. Um, Kenny Omega also is on the record, uh, as an exec, you know, whatever, you know, uh, executive producer or whatever his title is at, at, AEW. We'll work with anyone. If, if WWE had an angle that they wanted to try and run, we'd try and run it with them if they wanted to do it. They've, they've gone as far to say that now we know that WWE will never run another angle with, uh, another company. It just won't happen. They have enough content that they're trying to fill on their own. They have enough, whatever. But now the talk is not just stopping at Impact in AEW, but Impact because of Don Callis now also has a relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling. So there's now speculation, of course, that,
2: with R-O-H.
1: Mm-hmm. that right. And there's now speculation that AEW might now that because of course Harold uh, has left New Japan Pro Wrestling, that AEW might also have their door open to New Japan Pro Wrestling. It will be very interesting to see what happens next from this cross-promotion stuff. And I should mention, of course, that AEW, uh, of course, does have Thunder Rosa, who is the uh, who entered in as the NWA Women's Champion uh, onto AEW programming, and then Serena Deep, who is a contracted AEW wrestler, currently holds the NWA Women's Title. Um, so there's a lot of cross-promotion stuff that Tony Khan is kind of masterminding here, and this is like. As a kid watching wrestling, this is what you wanted to see, right? You yeah. wanted to see everyone from everywhere wrestling together. And it, this feels like it's a very real possibility that we're going to see, you know, maybe Hiroshi Tanahashi show up on AEW. Uh, we yeah. might see. You know,
0: that, was, that was the hope back when uh, Dynamite was first announced, you know, um, I know it was speculated having all those guys, you know, leaving New Japan that there was going to be some kind of working relationship with Kenny Omega being their top guy for so long and um, having that working relationship in the states with uh, Dynamite moving forward. But of course, things kind of got a little, little heated, a little complicated, and they had a little bit of a falling out when it came to AEW working with New Japan. Then we also saw the relationship that was already established with New Japan and Ring of Honor that continued. We did see AEW um, having the kind of connection with CMLL, if I'm not mistaken, when Kenny was the champion. Um, well, uh, for AAA, a
1: little- AAA.
0: AAA. Sorry, AAA.
1: Yes, and going and then- into tonight, Ken- at least Kenny is still the AAA champion. I, oh, I shit. um Triple Mania. When is that? Triple Mania. Triple Mania. Triple Mania. Uh, I don't know what it is um it's it's supposed to be happening this month but yeah so king omega is wrestling laredo kid for the uh triple a uh championship
0: that's cool i had no idea he was still the champion to be honest. Yep. i don't feel like they mentioned that for a while i feel like they should have uh, <laughs> but you know those that crash promotional thing it's, it's been kind of hinted here and there we were all upset when it didn't happen initially we knew japan of course we did the, the, to me, what's exciting is that there, the possibility of this happening has always been there. And we've seen we've seen the good and the bad from it when it came to Ring of Honor in New Japan. You know, that, that show they had at Madison Garden. What was the big criticism? That the Ring of Honor stars weren't up to part to New Japan. That you right. know, the audience was there to see those New Japan stars. And it just overall, the, the big complaint was that those matches didn't really those combined matches didn't really do anything for the people there because they just wanted to see new Japan. So it's, it's, it has a lot of growing pains. I guess I would be kind of the word. There's a lot of log- logistical issues. I guess you can say when it comes to, okay, having your champions go and defend somewhere else, you know, you want to make your, make sure your champions look strong, which was a big issue with, with the territories. You know, if you have a guy in your promotion as a top guy, why would he go job out somewhere else? Cause everyone wants their stars to look the best. So, that can be kind of a problem, but that's not for us to decide. We are here to enjoy the possibility of seeing these stars from different promotions work with one another and have these incredible matches that we otherwise would have never been able to see. And that is what is so exciting right now is being a wrestling fan in 2020 and moving forward. And to me, the fact that, you know, Impact was the one to get that that first scoop with a growing promotion like AEW first. It's so exciting because I feel like they're always, like, the laughingstock, the last the last thought on anyone's mind. This is something that could elevate them to a whole nother level. And I've seen the criticisms online, you know, people saying, hey, why is, is AEW doing this with Impact? Like, AEW doesn't need Impact. but Impact could sure use AEW. But, hey, you know what? A, Impact has some great talent there yeah, that they I, could... I,
2: yeah, I definitely think the people who were saying that are people like me whose first impression of it was when it wasn't so good mm-hmm. and then never bothered to catch back up with it. And so they don't know how freaking awesome Impact is right now. So they have that horrible impression in their mind. And yeah, it's true. AEW does have the bigger financial backing and the bigger fan base right now. But anytime that you can cross-platform, you're not only going to bring in – like – like, if you have someone who doesn't watch Marvel movies or DC movies, if all of a sudden you say, hey, we're doing a Marvel versus DC movie, even people who don't care about comics are going to be like, I want to see that kind of. I'd watch that. Yeah, you, so you're still going to pull in those outside audiences just because of the intrigue alone. So mm-hmm. even though, you know, they may not have as much to gain, they still have something to gain. And it's always a learning process and more diversity and new ideas and you're expanding your horizons. And if you can help elevate that company, then in turn, when they are in a position where they have grown substantially, that's going to be symbiotic with you as well. You know, you have to
1: incubate your eggs before they hatch, you know? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. No, I I agree with you. I'm excited to see what we get Tuesday The you know, there's some less – you know, uh, less – will uh, revere dirt sheets that are saying it's kind of a one-off thing. Uh, But even if it is a one-off thing, and and I don't trust the dirt sheets most of the time, Meltzer typically has it right. Um, But as far as the the lower dirt sheets, I don't know where they get their information from. So I don't really pay them much mind. But even if you say it is a one-time thing, Kenny's going to have a five-minute promo on Impact. There might be uh, another thing on Dynamite about it, and then that's it. Even just that little bit shows mm-hmm. that more can happen, and and should happen. Quite frankly, I mean, can you imagine, you know, uh, you know, Diana Perazzo wrestling against, you know, Hikaru Shida? That would yeah. blow the brakes off. You could have Rich Swan go up against Kenny Omega. That would be a really fun match. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's all kinds of things. You know, you could see TJP go, you know wrestle Adam page or, you know, just whatever, whatever the case may be. I mean, there's so many things that could potentially open up between that partnership. And obviously the catalyst of all this is, is definitely Don Callis. So, um, the man, the man, uh, he knows the business. He knows enough people. You know, he obviously has relationships with, with Jericho and Omega and obviously his position at impact. And he's got his new Japan contact still. I'm sure, uh, he probably has Gato on speed dial. So, um we'll see what happens i think new japan's probably more open to uh different things than they have been in the past between harold leaving and gato's summer of weird booking so (laughs) you know we'll we'll see what happens And, and i'm super excited for it and so kind of what that means for our show is that we're kind of you know in addition to being an impact wrestling podcast at least for this week and next week we'll maybe we'll have to adjust from there but uh, we'll definitely be keeping tabs on AEW and what happens there, uh, what comes from Kenny being on Impact and what comes from potentially people from Impact being on Dynamite. If that does happen, uh, definitely tune in here. We'll be breaking it down. Uh, same way we do every week for Impact. Um, and then uh, maybe we'll have to have a few uh, uh, guests uh, join us, um, depending on how big this is. Uh, you know, I know there's a lot of excitement uh, on the Social Effects podcast network about this. Uh, so definitely uh, keep your ears here. Uh, I would say keep your eyes here because Logan keeps doing uh, great things for a visual medium, um, <laughs> but keep keep your eyes open for the official eight TikTok. suplex TikTok. Um, oh, no.
0: <laughs>
1: I, I think I've convinced myself with this episode, Sandy, that we need one. It's what no. all the kids are. It's what all the kids are doing. It, it is what it is. So uh, that being said, Logan, thanks for hopping on uh, and, for- and lending your, your notes Sandy, great to see you as always. And uh, why don't you go ahead and and throw down our plugs for us.
0: All right. So we can be found on Twitter at 8BitSuplex. Of course, make sure you guys check out the social uh, Suplex network. And where we have tons of different – content for you we have lots of different podcasts that cover new japan that cover aw of course we are here covering impact there's so much content out there for you please also uh make sure you guys follow josh josh what's your freaking handle again mclaughlin it's, McLaughlin. It's,
1: well no i don't i didn't know what i was doing when i started up for twitter and i still don't really know what i'm doing um but it's <laughs> at laughlin underscore josh um yeah. Yeah, follow me on there. Uh, it's you know, I will definitely post some uh scorching hot takes. Um uh, no, I'm just kidding. I really won't do that. Um but I I and I I am I uh, I'm setting up the uh the 8 bit suplex um TikTok right now.
0: Are you serious?
1: And Yeah, why not?
0: I'm not gonna be on the first one. I'm I don't have makeup on.
1: <laughs> I don't either and neither does Logan, so I think we'll be okay. Um, yeah. 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 So, <laughs> and I'm just making sure because I'm gonna tell people to go check it out if Ridiculous. it works.
0: You know, I was oh, trying to is do this? a freaking boomerang earlier.
1: Oh, boomerang! Oh, that was realize, a fun thing.
0: Yeah. I want so, Logan. How about you tell our listeners about your tag team?
2: My what? No, You're... it's all about Logan Cruz, baby.
0: Okay. Fuck
2: that other guy. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> so you can find, <laughs> uh, Logan Cruz PW on Instagram, uh, facebook.com slash the gifted for me and Wheezy, uh, who's my tag team partner. You can keep an eye out for us. at uh, most of your local independent wrestling shows in Florida, uh, we'll be there doing something or another. Uh, I don't have a Twitter because I don't need that stress. Uh, but yeah, uh. That's, that's pretty much all my social media.
1: That's awesome. And uh, I can confirm that the at 8-Bit Suplex uh, TikTok is officially live. So follow us on TikTok at <laughs> 8-Bit Suplex. Um, well, I'll put up some funny clips from the show and stuff and, and, and whatnot, um, and including uh, you'll see our friend of the podcast, Dan Coffin, in a clip uh, dressed up as Freddie Mercury from Live Aid uh, back during our Halloween episode. Um, so, definitely, uh, definitely, definitely, definitely check that out. Um, and I want to, of course, talk about Pro Wrestling Tees. Make sure you get all your Social Suplex Podcast Network uh, t shirts on prowrestlingteescom social suplex, including, of course, the 8 bit suplex t shirt. Uh, I wear mine pretty frequently. It's a pretty nice t shirt. Um, and, you know, for those of us in Florida, it's nice to have a shirt that's not black and still wrestling related. Um, other than that, I think. That will wrap it up for this week. Sandy, Logan.
0: Good Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Check out next week. It's going to be a big one. It's going to be an exciting one. Can't wait to break it down with you guys. And that's it. Thank I'll you guys be so much for listening.
1: <laughs> <You laughs> yeah, we'll, be send, we'll send Logan okay. back to his background dancing. Uh, but yeah, uh-huh. definitely uh, check us out next week. Uh, we'll have a big uh, end of the year video game episode. We promise, you know, for those that listen for the video game portion of this, Uh, It's just, it's too big a wrestling uh, moment to pass, to not cover. So, but with that, uh, I guess this is where we say goodbye. So, goodbye. Bye!
0: Bye.